1: WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. <laughs> It's the 77 WABC News Hour, talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, traffic, Justin Ellick sports, and now talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep,
2: that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, August 28th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center: cloudy today, could see a pop-up shower. High 77. Tonight, overnight, cloudy. Showers after midnight low 68 and then tuesday rain high 76 if you're walking out the door with us right now 67 cloudy in smithtown out on long island 63 cloudy down in bud lake in new jersey and it is 69 and cloudy here in midtown so much to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour sid and friends in the morning did you have the same sort of tinge of sadness when you heard over the weekend that Bob Barker had passed away, I mean, 99 is a pretty good run, unless you're nine. You're listening to me and you're 98. You're thinking that's not such a great run, but 99 is a pretty good run. Of course, the iconic American game show host, there was nobody better, and it's hard to imagine they'll ever be to anybody who's as good as he was at his job. And if you were a kid of the 80s and early 90s as I was, uh, you know, when you were sick at home, he was the guy, the only entertaining guy that kept you company. Because once uh the Prices rice went off at noon, the, it was soap operas and, and there wasn't much to watch. Um, but boy, was he good at that Price is Right thing. Dad, you've been down there ever since I came through those big doors. You fought the hard fight. You deserve
3: something nice. Yeah. Do you yeah. not? Thanks. I do. I think you'll agree, audience, that this is nice. It's a new band.
2: Right? I mean, nothing better when they opened those doors and the car was there. Of course, the show continues, but without him. I mean, Drew Carey's good, but he's no Bob Barker. So Price is Right got its start after uh, the legendary producer his name was Ralph Edwards he discovered Bob doing a radio show and thought he would be great for tv i mean so many of these game show hosts were radio hosts at one time and that they turned into tv legends and bob barker one of them uh a, you know this is a classic moment in uh, Price is Right history. When ever Bob Barker was asked what was the most memorable moment on the Price is Right, it was always the same story. And here's what it was. The most memorable moment. And that was a young lady in the
3: audience in a tube top. And she was called to be a contestant. She jumped to her feet, began jumping up and down, and both of them came out of the tube top.
2: <laughs> She came on down and they came on up. Yeah, <laughs> classic moment on the prices, right? Sorry to see he's gone 99 years old. All right, let's get into the headlines.
1: The top five at five.
2: Curtis Sliwa gets arrested for the 81st time. It was a weekend with lots of mass shootings across the country. Some Republicans say they're cashing in after the first GOP debate. Neighbors on the Upper West Side may get some peace and quiet now. And did you take part in the naked bike ride this weekend? All right, let's get into it. 503, we'll start outside Gracie Mansion yesterday where our own Curtis Sliwa held a protest against the way the migrants are being sent and where they're being sent to across the city and how the mayor has handled the migrant crisis. Uh, the reason Curtis held that protest outside Gracie Mansion was, number one, to get the attention of the mayor, but it was also because the mayor at one point had said he would house some of the migrants at Gracie Mansion and then apparently changed his mind. So there were a number of demonstrators there yesterday. Uh, Here's what it sounded like initially. We're
4: all for legal migration, and we all have come from somewhere at some point, Uh, but this is unacceptable. This is
0: not left or right politics. This is a crisis that we have in our hands. And this is why we're
3: here, to sort of raise awareness that there is a humanitarian crisis. You want to compromise? Move them all to right side.
2: Yeah, so you recognize that voice as well. So there was one protest, and then there was a counter-protest. Now, It seems both of those sides were peaceful. We're still piecing this story together, and Curtis is going to be on with Sid, on Sid and Friends in the Morning at 7, to tell you about his latest arrest and uh, what took place in the middle of this protest. Some fights broke out. It got violent. It got ugly. But it wasn't necessarily the people there who had come to protest who started those fights. It could have been members of Antifa. Now, we don't have a 100% confirmation on that just yet. We might get that from Curtis at 7 this morning. We're
4: all for legal migration, and we all have come from somewhere at some point, Uh, but this is unacceptable.
0: This is not left or right politics. This is a crisis that we have in our hands. And this is why we're here, to sort of raise awareness that there is a humanitarian crisis.
3: You want to compromise? Move them all the right side. Yes, we
2: heard that, but there was a counter demonstration of those who are welcoming the migrants, and here's what they sounded like. We
3: are all immigrants. Our ancestors, everyone comes from Immigrant families, immigrant backgrounds. And, uh, and it's immigrants who built this country. Yeah,
2: so both sides doing their thing yesterday afternoon outside Gracie Mansion when some fights broke out. In fact, Curtis broke up a number of those fights. And then, uh, as promised, he said he was going to get arrested and he was for blocking traffic. Um, uh, here was uh, more from Curtis yesterday at this protest. And
3: the next day, he flipped the script. And he so said this he is
2: the mayor had said that uh, he would house some of the migrants, shelter some of the migrants, as every other neighborhood, it seems, in the city is doing, that he would shelter some of the migrants at Gracie Mansion and then changed his mind. And that was part of the reason why Curtis held the protest outside Gracie Mansion yesterday. And the
3: next day, he flipped the script. and He said, they tell me I can't do that. Who told you you can't do it? You're the mayor.
2: So, third time in less than two weeks that Curtis was handcuffed protesting migrant sites. Uh, Last week he was arrested protesting outside the shuttered Island Shores senior residence in Midland Beach out on Staten Island where a migrant shelter was set up. Uh, Also, he was taken into custody outside the Creedmoor Psychiatric Center in Queens where a tent city went up.
3: There's plenty of space. There's empty buildings. One way in, one way out.
2: He's talking about Rikers Island here where he thinks the migrants should go. They
3: stay there for six months. They get vetted. They get their medical vaccines, and then they can go and get jobs.
2: Yeah, so again... It got a little ugly outside this protest. There were some fights. It's not clear if it was between the people who actually showed up for the protest, the people pro and anti. We're going to get more of those details when Curtis shows up 7 o'clock this morning, live with Sid on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Make sure you're here to listen to that. WABC News Time 508. Let's go down to Jacksonville, Florida. Just an ugly shooting there over the weekend. A gunman with a racist manifesto shot up and killed three black. People uh, Apparently, he was aiming for African-Americans at a nearby black university and instead shot up a Dollar General store. He was just completely
5: irrational. What is irrational? What is irrational thoughts? He knew what he was doing. He was 100 percent lucid.
2: That's the sheriff in Jacksonville detailing some of what took place as they try to keep uh, people in check and warn them that this is just one wacky individual. We
5: are not a community of hate. We stand united with the good and decent people of this city. We reject this inexcusable violence. His sickening ideology is not representative of the values of this Jacksonville community that we all love so much.
2: So apparently he may have had this gun legally and the sheriff in Jacksonville saying maybe better background checks are needed. There
5: was no flag that could have come up to stop him from purchasing purchasing those guns. As a matter of fact, it looks as if he purchased those guns completely legally. It doesn't matter what color they are or what they
2: look like. We are banded together as a community to fight these issues. Jacksonville's Mayor uh, Donna Deegan speaking out last night saying she's heartbroken. These mass
0: shootings happen over and over again in Jacksonville. Certainly we have an issue with gun violence. And um, this is a community that has been harmed over and over again. And it's it's just heartbreaking to see it affect our community once again. there,
2: There was a prayer vigil for those three who were killed over the weekend. I love
0: this community and I want them to know that I am there and that we... We are there and that most of us do want unity and that they are not forgotten. And that's what I want them to know today.
2: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis repeating his condemnation of the shooter who killed those three shoppers in the Dollar General.
6: We're not all going to allow in the state of Florida our HBCUs to be targets for hateful lunatics like the guy yesterday.
2: He's talking about the historically black universities. Targeting
6: people due to their race has
2: no place in the state of Florida. Yeah, Unfortunately, that was not the only mass shooting over the weekend. One person killed six others injured in a mass shooting in downtown Louisville. This was early yesterday morning.
0: LMPD had received a report of multiple gunshot victims at the Southern Lounge and Restaurant behind me at Third and Market. When officers arrived on scene, they located a male victim suffering from a gunshot wound who was deceased on scene.
2: Louisville Metro Police say five other gunshot victims hospitalized, including one who is in critical condition. A seventh victim was injured. Or just in a fall trying to get away.
0: Another male suffering from critical injuries was transported by EMS to University Hospital where he remains in critical condition. Four additional victims self-transported themselves to the hospital with non-life threatening injuries. At this time, I can't answer many questions about what's going on. As you can see, it's an ongoing investigation but our homicide unit is handling and if anyone has any information that may help this investigation, you can call our tip line at 574-LMPD. Yes,
2: so far no motive for that shooting, no arrests and it unfortunately doesn't stop there. Geez, we'll go up to Boston where Mayor Michelle Wu speaking out after a shooting there that injured seven people saturday morning during a parade
5: treasured community event has been disrupted by acts of violence from those who had nothing to do with the event and um there's no absolutely no excuse
2: That shooting happened 7.45 in the morning during the Jouvet Parade, which is part of the city's Caribbean American Carnival. Police say the victims taken to the local hospitals, thankfully in this case, non-life-threatening injuries. Police uh, took two people into custody. Uh, Still no real word about what the motive was behind that.
5: Today and the the rest of the day is going to be a really wonderful celebration.
2: Yeah, Thankfully, and again, those the gunmen in that case both are uh, in custody, still trying to work out a motive. 5.12. Down to Florida Governor. Ron DeSantis urging Florida West Coast residents to get ready for Tropical Storm Idala. It's expected to make landfall tomorrow as a category one or two hurricane in the Big Bend area. Uh, but DeSantis is warning people who are in the area of this hurricane that the track could change, so everybody should be on notice. But these
6: things can shift. There's still some uncertainty out there. So please just heed uh, the warnings of your local officials. Continue to watch the news.
2: DeSantis says it could be power outages especially around Tallahassee, Florida's west coast and Big Bend area could see 4 to 6 inches of rain and forecasters at the National Hurricane Center say that figure could actually rise because they're not 100% sure until this thing hits.
6: And that's going to just give us the flexibility in case the track changes uh, to be able to to mobilize the
2: resources where where they need to go. Of course we'll watch this storm as it hits the west coast of Florida over the next 24 hours. WABC News Time 513. Out to the campaign trail, an attorney for former President Trump says he doesn't need any pre-trial prepping.
0: President Trump is not your average person. He's incredibly intelligent and he knows the ropes. He also knows the facts because he lived them.
2: Alina Haba there reiterating that Trump has done no wrong despite four indictments totaling 91 counts. Haba also accused Fulton County Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis of coordinating with the U.S. Justice Department special counsel Jack Smith in prepping her indictment of the former president. Trump last week, if unless you were under a rock was uh, booked at the Atlantis Fulton County jail on 13 counts related allegedly to trying to overturn Georgia's results in the 2020 presidential race. What? What
0: is he going to have to be prepped for? The truth? You don't have to prep much when you've done nothing wrong.
2: Yeah, well, Democrats would disagree with that. In fact, a Democratic congressman over the weekend dismissing claims that former President Trump should not face racketeering charges because racketeering only applies to the mafia. It
6: applies to a pattern of racketeering activity that is organizing people together into a conspiracy in order to achieve an illegal end.
2: That's Jamie Raskin, who's the congressman from Maryland, says the majority of racketeering or RICO prosecutions in the nation are not against the mafia. Raskin, who served on the House Select January 6th committee, says the large number of people involved in the components of criminal parts of trying to overthrow an election – add up to what he says is a custom-made case for RICO prosecution in Georgia. There are
6: lots of component criminal parts to it, and there were a lot of people involved, and that to me seems as if it's custom-made for a RICO prosecution.
2: And a new poll finds six in ten Americans believe former President Trump should stand trial before the 2024 election. All right, 5.15, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk. Happy Monday. Good morning, Justin Alex. Happy Monday. Good morning to you, Noam Layden. Saturday night saw the Jets
4: beat the Giants 32-24 in each team's final preseason tune-up. Aaron Rodgers registered two series under center for the Jets, going 5 of 8 through the air for 47 yards. And this touchdown pass to what's sure to be his most popular target in Garrett Wilson. First to 10 for the Giants 14. Rodgers with the
1: fade for Wilson and the touchdown. To my point, he threw an
5: absolute dart.
4: That call courtesy of NBC Sports. Daniel Jones and most of the John starters did not see the field in this contest as both teams gear up for week one, now less than two weeks away. Over the weekend on the Diamond, the Mets dropped uh, two of three at home to the LA Angels, albeit managing to salvage the finale yesterday with a 3-2 to victory. Pete Alonso hit a tying double in the eighth inning before Rafael Ortega walked it off in the ninth to halt a four-game losing streak for New York. The Mets will stick at home where they'll welcome in the Texas Rangers next Starting tonight at seven ten p.m., Tyler McGill will get the start in Game 1 against Texas's John Gray out in Tampa. The Yankees' struggles continued in losing 2-3 or three against the division rival Rays over the weekend after yesterday's 7-4 loss in the finale. Frustration seemingly boiled over for the Yanks with benches and bullpens emptying twice in the 8th inning after one of five hit Rays batters. No punches were thrown, and the Rays get the last lap in handing New York their 8th straight loss in a series rubber game. We'll see if they can at least refrain from plunking anyone in tonight's uh, series opener against the Tigers in Detroit. First pitch is scheduled for 6:40 p.m. Eastern Time with Luis Severino taking the hill against Detroit's Reese Olson. No, nope. that's sports. Thank I'm God we have football. That's all I can say. Yeah, Jeez. Right? I mean hitting five bad. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. like I mean, come throwing at guys. You're getting you get fights. I mean, just make it end already. My that god.
2: that Aaron Rodgers pass into the end zone yeah, was, was unbelievable. A, that was a nice pass. Oh huh? my god, god. That, got
4: you, that got you all excited, didn't it? Not? It did.
2: It was a dart. Yeah. I almost wanted to become a Jets fan.
4: Too bad Joe Nolan's not here to uh, react. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have all season for that. Yeah. Though. Oh
4: my god, it was amazing. Yeah. I yeah, was great. Yeah, great. I was there. Yeah, bet you were, Joe.
2: Bet you were. Sports. I'm, I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 519 out to the campaign trail. Some of the Republicans who took part in last week's debate in Milwaukee say the cash is coming in since that debate. One of them, GOP presidential hopeful Mike Pence, says he found it heartening that all of his opponents at last Wednesday's debate supported the former vice president action on January 6, 2021. It wasn't anything new. Pence says, Almost everyone he's talked to agrees that he did his duty in presiding over a joint session of Congress to count the electoral votes on that day. Pence says during the Republican debate that former President Trump had asked him to reject votes. Trump later called Pence comments a fake story in a truth social post. For the last two and a half years, Americans from every walk of life have come up to me and... And express their appreciation for the fact that we did our duty that day. One Republican presidential hopeful calling himself unapologetically pro-nuclear energy and pro-fossil fuel. For
4: every hundred people who died of a climate-related disaster in 1920, two die today. And the reason why is more abundant and plentiful access and use of fossil fuels.
2: Vivek Ramaswamy there says that uh, climate-related deaths are down 98% over the last century. Ramaswamy added that the climate change agenda and the anti-fossil fuel agenda are causing more deaths than climate change itself. The climate disaster-related death rate, tornadoes, hurricanes, heat waves, it is down by 98%. And as he took to the campaign trail over the weekend, he says there is a solution to climate change. Look at the
4: quality of our buildings. Look at the quality of temperature controls. This is actually what has allowed human beings to die less of climate related disasters today than before.
2: Let's continue on. GOP presidential hopeful Chris Christie. He was out over the weekend as well, says he's worried about a Donald Trump nomination.
5: What it will mean for uh, folks across the country is four more years of Joe Biden.
2: The former New Jersey governor warned that President Biden's reelection could potentially mean a packed Supreme Court. Christie says he's amazed that six of the eight candidates that last Wednesday's debate said they would support Trump if he's the party's nominee.
5: Potentially a packed Supreme Court, potentially the elimination of the filibuster and a lot
2: more. And the former governor of New Jersey says there is a way for Republicans to win in 2024. You
5: need to nominate someone who's proven that they can beat Democratic incumbents. And I was the only one on that stage that's ever done that. And I'll beat Joe Biden if I get the nomination.
2: Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, of course, he's out on the campaign trail as well, says he's proud that he stood uh, by his principles during last week's debate. I'm
1: proud of that decision. And it was the right call. And I hope more people... Uh, uh, identify with uh, what I said.
2: The GOP presidential candidate referring to his refusal to raise his hand when the candidates were asked if they support former President Trump as the Republican nominee if he wins the nomination. Whether
1: I get booed in the audience, the relevant factor is our country. It's our party. It's about standing on the principles that you believe in.
2: Of course, as the other side, senior official with President Biden's reelection campaign says there'll be no focus on the legal issues surrounding Hunter Biden or former President Trump while he's on the campaign trail. The
6: president has said from the beginning that he wanted an independent
2: Justice Department. That's the campaign co-chair Cedric Richmond says uh, they're going to downplay. Well, obviously, they'll downplay the Hunter Biden stuff. But he says they won't make Donald Trump a centerpiece of this reelection campaign. We're not going to comment. We're not going to focus on Donald Trump's legal problems. And then you had Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders out over the weekend, too, praising the Biden administration, but also quick to point out that there's more needs to be done. We
5: have to deal with the reality of life, that we have massive levels of corporate greed in every part of society. Very rich are getting richer. Working people are
2: struggling. The Vermont Independent citing lower unemployment and inflation along with clean energy investments and the rebuilding of the country's infrastructure as some of Biden's accomplishments. But Sanders also challenged Democrats to deal with the reality of life today. And he continues to talk about corporate greed. Unemployment, very, very low. We brought inflation down. We're investing in clean energy. We're rebuilding our infrastructure. Sixty percent of our people living paycheck to paycheck. We have massive levels of income and wealth inequality. Okay. And the man, who, of course, who is at the head of all the polls on the Republican side continues to be Donald Trump. He'll be here live 77 W ABC Friday morning with Sid on Sid and Friends in the Morning at 840. So mark your calendar for that one. Donald Trump for another appearance, 840 Friday on Sid and Friends in the Morning. All right, 523, civil rights leaders over the weekend gathering in the nation's capital to mark the 60th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s historic march on Washington.
3: I'm Andrew Young, and I've been here before. I was here 60 years ago. It's been a long but wonderful struggle, and I'm here to tell you that... Uh, I don't feel no way tired.
2: The rally in March uh, was held at the Lincoln Memorial, where he gave that speech those 60 years ago. Martin Luther King Jr. III uh, says it wasn't about commemorating that day as much as advancing the movement and the causes of his father.
3: And nobody ever told us that the way would be easy. But frankly, as messed up as we can be, as difficult as life is, There is no place on earth that's any better than these United States of America.
2: 525, the president of Spain's soccer federation, suspended now for 90 days, after kissing a female player without consent, if you don't follow soccer, the Spain's women's team won the World Cup. That kiss taking place after they won the game.
0: The FIFA disciplinary committee announced the move in a statement saying that Luis Rubiales has been provisionally suspended from all football-related activities at the national and international level. The situation unfolded at the FIFA Women's World Cup final match, after which Rubiales was seen giving one player an unsolicited kiss and making inappropriate gestures. Rubiales apologized for his actions, but has since refused to step down from his position. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News.
2: Let's stay overseas. The commander of the U.S. Seventh Fleet says China's aggressive behavior in the South China Sea must be challenged and must be checked.
1: The comments from Vice Admiral Carl Thomas with the Seventh Fleet follow the recent use of a water cannon against a Philippine vessel by China's Coast Guard. Thomas says he assured the Philippines of U.S. backing in the face of what he called shared challenges in the region, saying in a statement, My forces are out here for a reason. The Seventh Fleet The fleet is headquartered in Japan, the largest of the Navy's forward-deployed fleets, and includes as many as 70 ships, 150 aircraft, and more than 27,000 sailors. I'm Scott Carr. Now,
2: let's bring it back to New York. U.S. Open opens today, celebrating 50 years of equal prize money for men and women. When you think about that, and historically, it's sort of unbelievable that it was that many years ago. The change, of course, due to legendary tennis star, 79 year old Billie Jean King, who uh, said that she pushed for equal pay all the way back in 1973. You gotta go for it,
0: though. You it's go. like serve volley, man. You gotta go to net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, otherwise, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing- going to
2: move. Of course, the New York City tournament made history becoming the first Grand Slam to offer equal prize money all the way back in 1973. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell last week warning additional interest rate increases could be coming. He was speaking from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, said inflation has fallen over the past several months but still remains too high. He says his agency is dedicated to getting inflation down to 2%. So uh, Wall Street... Welcoming a fresh trading week uh, today after stocks closed out last week with a rally. at The closing bell on Friday, the Dow gained 247 points, S&P 500 added 29 points, NASDAQ rose 126 points. We got a lot more to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning on the Upper West Side, it's gotten awfully noisy. The Upper West Side, the second most densely populated part of New York City and now they're going to aggressively go after people who create that noise. Wait till you hear how much the tickets are for people who get them. We'll get into that before the hour is over. Uh, A wild scene up in the Bronx. A guy doing donuts on the street with his car hits. Eight people we will tell you who he is and what may happen to him. Uh, Police investigating two Two uh, stabbings on the subway over the weekend. And we'll get more updates on what happened to Curtis Slewa as he was arrested outside Gracie Mansion yesterday during a migrant protest. Fights broke out. A number of people were arrested. We'll get into those stories and more after this.
1: The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. On 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Laden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports. And now, Talking the News with Noah on 77 WABC.
2: Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Monday, August 28th. Your forecasts from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds today. Could see a pop-up shower. High 77 tonight. Overnight, cloudy. Showers after midnight. Low 68. And then Tuesday, rain. High 76. It's really feeling like the end of summer, isn't it? If you're walking out the door with us right now, 67 and cloudy in Smithtown out on Long Island. 63 and cloudy down in Bud Lake in New Jersey. Jersey and it is 69 and cloudy right outside our Midtown studios. We'll start this half hour up on the Upper West Side where they're getting the first two noise cameras following tens of thousands of noise complaints just this year alone from Upper West Siders. The cameras will target car and truck noise, specifically with hefty fines. There'll be uh, some serious consequences here. I'm going to get to the numbers in a second, but there was nearly... 25,000 noise complaints from the Upper West Side to 311 just in the last year. And the city councilwoman who represents that area, uh, area, Gail Brewer, says she's heard it from neighbors and she's heard it from 311 about these complaints. I know
1: it because I have to deal with most 25,000. There will be noise. But it doesn't have to be excessive.
2: So Brewer says her district, which is the second densest in the city, is now getting its first two noise cameras. The city's Department of Environmental Protection says the camera is paired with a sound meter and activates when the meter detects noise of at least 85 decibels from a source of at least 50 feet away. The camera then captures the license plate and then the driver gets a ticket. It's kind of like those annoying speed cameras that we get tickets from all the time. Well, now you'll get it for noise on the Upper West Side.
6: For any city, there's always urban noise. Whatever noise, it echoes. I guess it's some kind of, I don't know what, adolescent rite of passage that you have to make noise.
2: Yes, so some of this is that people soup up their mufflers to make extra noise. I mean, that is loud if you pass those guys. The fines, though, they are hefty. The DEP says the penalty for a first offense it's not fifty dollars it's not a hundred dollars it's eight hundred bucks. a second offense you do it again, you get caught by these cameras seventeen hundred bucks. a third offense. Twenty five hundred bucks, and each time after that, uh, you know, well, at that point, maybe you should fix something if you're still getting the tickets. But each ticket after that would be twenty five hundred bucks. And while there are so many sources of noise, including construction noise, motorcycles, general honking, uh, helicopters, ambulances, uh, they're taking one sound at a time, and that's their mission to catch up with these people who are making the noise. It's a
1: wonderful idea, considering that there's a considerably noisy street to begin with. We need quiet. Cities are getting more and
6: more hectic and noisy, so yeah, I'm all for a little bit of regulation. I like a complaining neighborhood because it means people are being responsible. You know, I
2: wish they would go after the helicopters. I don't know what it's like in your neighborhood, but boy, they fly low over my house. They are loud, and it's so annoying, but uh, I don't know if that'll count as part of this uh, ticket campaign from the city. There might be just too far and high above the city. The DEP says the noise cameras were part of a 2020 Twenty-one pilot program and now it's uh, for real they've turned on those cameras and those tickets uh, I'm guessing have already been started to be handed out you'll get them in the mail uh, over the weekend another dead whale washing ashore this time near the shore of Rockaway Beach discovered in the vicinity of Beach 9th Street this was 5 p.m Friday investigators will now try to determine what killed the 30-foot long whale to do necropsy and we'll find out but boy it's uh it's It seems like it's now become weekly down the Jersey Shore just a couple weeks ago, less than a couple weeks ago. Another whale here now on the Rockaways, a whale on Friday. 5.35 up to the Bronx, a crash early Sunday, injuring a driver, several pedestrians in the Bronx. One of the cars involved. Was doing donuts in the street This is an area of the Bronx Where neighbors have long complained About drag racing And people doing this donut type of thing To show off for friends And uh, it was not great over the weekend As a whole bunch of people were hurt I heard the zoom Squeaching up the wheels And my dog got
5: all crazy and stuff
3: They don't drive, they zoom
5: They have speed bumps Okay, the block over there Has a speed bump us here, no speed bump.
2: Yeah, but the speed bumps, even the ones uh, out are apparently not making much of a difference so far. Layers of skid marks darken the intersection of Gleason and Commerce Avenues. Police say the driver of a BMW doing donuts in the street around 7 a.m. when it was struck from behind by a Jeep. Eight people were hit during this collision.
0: I've had times where people just fly right past us and i'm like pulling him back and it's it's really really scary
2: and that was a big
5: crowd at least 15 card lover people part of the neighborhood where yeah,
2: i see it yeah so the pedestrians the driver of the bmw taken to jacoby hospital thankfully it's minor injuries but Decades long, the neighbors on Gleason Avenue say they've complained about these late night car races and they say the cops have done nothing about it. They say maybe this is the wake up call of this driver doing the donuts and hitting eight people. We'll have to wait and see if that's the case. WABC News Time 538. Let's go out to Brooklyn NYPD searching for a man who's wanted for seven different store burglaries across Brooklyn just over the last few weeks. All the break ins have taken place between nine at. At night and five in the morning this man who is an immigrant owns a 99 cent store that was robbed and he says uh he's run out of money since his robbery
3: they called me in the morning they said they break your window i was like a crazy whatever money is i have for saving
0: everything is gone so i have to like start it all over again
2: so cops apparently have pictures of this wanted robber but so far they have not caught up with them let's go Down below, police investigating two attacks on the subway. A 50-year-old man stabbed in the head about 8 p.m. Saturday on a platform at the 28th Street and Park Avenue station in Kipps Bay. First responders rushed him to the hospital. Thankfully, he's expected to be okay. Earlier in the evening, though, a man was stabbed in the stomach in Brooklyn. It happened about 7 p.m. near the Fulton Avenue train station. The victim is also expected to survive there. So far, as of at least 539 this morning, there have been no arrests in either stabbing, no detailed motive from the NYPD. Up to the Bronx, where police are investigating after a woman was found dead in her Bronx apartment over the weekend during a wellness check. Uh, this was on Arno Avenue in the Allerton section of the Bronx. Neighbors said last week they thought they had heard gunshots, but then didn't think much of it because nothing, police didn't show up or whatever. But sure enough, a woman, a 45-year-old, found with multiple gunshot wounds in her apartment. Other people was talking about it, and then I suggested to them to do a... I should say, uh, then what happened afterwards is... Uh, Neighbors started complaining about a smell in the building, and they called the cops, and that's when the police did a wellness check on this 45-year-old woman's apartment. Other people
5: was talking about it, and then I suggested to them to do a wellness check because I really didn't think it was the garbage.
2: It was no choice but to call 911 and make a wellness check. Yes, yeah, so we're getting conflicting reports from neighbors on what may have taken place. Some say... They saw this woman's boyfriend leave the apartment, drop off kids from day camp and leave. And that was about the time they say they heard the gunfire. Now, cops are not confirming any of that from us, but that's what the neighbors say. It's a terrible thing for our community.
1: It's
4: a
2: terrible thing for, for this building. And it was just in here. I'm pretty sure
4: we heard it, but we didn't know. What sounded like shots to me
2: was loud. Yeah, so those shots were Wednesday or Thursday of last week. They found the woman over the weekend dead in her apartment. Police have not released her identity. The search for the gunman and mode motive that continues at this hour. It was a wild legal battle on Staten Island late Friday. Were you following this? As locals had initially won the right to keep migrants out of their neighborhood until they were overruled in court late Friday by City Hall and a judge. And the migrants who had bust in to the St. John Villa Academy were told they could stay there. But there was a couple protests when those buses started to arrive.
6: We're Christians. We're Americans. We're patriots. We have compassion for these migrants we love people but we just want to make sure
2: our children are safe yes yeah, so some of these protesters were screaming at the migrants getting off the bus Not here. Not
3: here. yes
2: yeah, so some of the migrants who got off the bus who saw those protesters went back to the people on the bus and the ones who were in charge of the migrant program along with the cops and said I don't want to live here, and they said, okay, and they put them back on the bus. Not clear what happened to them. Others uh, were told that they could state at the St. John Villa Academy that as political leaders over the weekend there called for a migrant curfew outside St. John Villa Academy, five politicians sending a letter to the Office of Emergency Management asking that an 11 p.m. curfew be put in effect. Migrant shelters under New York City's Social Services Department already have An 11 p.m. curfew, but shelters run by the Office of Emergency Management, which is in the case of the St. John Villa Academy, do not. They want that 11 p.m. curfew put in place. Uh, So far, no reactions from City Hall if that's going to take place. 543, you and I. Well, I'm not a New Yorker, but everyday New Yorkers are now being urged to learn how to use the life-saving drug, Naloxone. That's how bad these opioid overdoses are and how often they're happening. That the city wants you to know how to use Naloxone, which is a nasal spray that wakes up someone who's OD'd on opioids. They want you to learn how to use this just in case you run into someone who is overdosing on opioids. An
0: individual who is unconscious, who is unresponsive, who maybe has a change in color of their lips or their fingers, who has shallow breathing, potentially having um, gurgling sounds or snoring.
2: Yeah, that's a city health department spokeswoman. Opioids killed more than 2,200 New Yorkers in 2021. And preliminary data already suggests that that record may have been broken last year. In 2022, we don't have all the numbers yet. Nalaxone can wake up someone who's OD'd. By the way, it can be picked up for free if you're interested at the health department. Uh, this morning, I was watching this viral video. We'll put it up at WABCradio.com. It shows a strap hanger on a Queen's subway violently beating a man who fell asleep on his shoulder. He can't make this step up. At first, the unknown rider smashes his elbow into the face of the sleeping commuter. This was on an F train last week. Then, uh, when that's not enough, I guess this commuter didn't wake up. He then hits him so hard, this sleeping commuter, that he knocks him out. Now, the friend of this sleeping commuter doesn't like that, as you might guess. And uh, he gets into a fight with the guy who had knocked out his friend. Now, police were waiting for them at the next subway stop. So far, we've been in touch with cops. We have not heard of any arrests, if anything's been filed against these two. But uh, you can see that viral video after 6 o'clock, wabcradio.com. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC sports desk where we find our good friend Justin Allen. Thank you, my good friend,
4: Noam Layden. Saturday night saw the Jets beat the Giants 32-24 to in each team's final Preseason tune up. Aaron Rodgers registered two series under center for the Jets going five of eight through the air for 47 yards. And this touchdown pass to what's sure to be his most popular target in Garrett Wilson. First and 10 for the Giant 14. Rodgers with the fade for Wilson in the touchdown. To my point,
1: he threw an absolute dart.
4: A dart indeed. That call courtesy of NBC Sports. Daniel Jones and most of the Giants starters did not see the field in this contest as both teams gear up for week one. Now less than two weeks away. Did you watch
2: this game? No. Did you? I I watched just the Aaron Rodgers series because I knew it would be at the beginning game, which it was. And boy, it was fun to watch him. Yeah, of course it's fun to watch him. He's uh, Aaron Rodgers.
4: Yeah, and that, like you said before, that pass was uh, was pinpoint accuracy. That was unbelievable. Right on pass. the hand. Yeah. Right on the hand. And a nice catch from Wilson as well. That's going to be a uh, pretty formidable duo all season long. I think you're right. I think I'm right as well. No, I'm leaving. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> Over the weekend, on the diamond, the Mets dropped two of three at home to the L. A. Angels, albeit managing to salvage the finale yesterday with a three to two victory. Pete Alonso hit a tying double in the eighth inning before Rafael Ortega walked it off in the ninth. to halt a four-game losing streak for New York. The Mets will stick at home, where they'll welcome in the Texas Rangers next, starting tonight at 7-10 p.m. Tyler McGill. We'll get the start in Game 1 against Texas's John Gray. Out in Tampa, the Yankees struggled, con- struggles, I should say, continued in losing 2-3 against the division rival Rays over the weekend. After yesterday's 7-4 loss in the finale, frustration seemingly boiled over for the Yanks with benches and bullpens emptying twice in the eighth inning after one of five Rays batters on the evening. No punches were thrown, and the Rays get the last lap in handing New York their eighth straight loss in a series rubber game. They'll see if they can at least refrain from plunking anyone, the Yankees, that is, in tonight's series opener against the Tigers in Detroit. First pitch is scheduled for 6.40 p.m. Eastern time with Luis Severino taking the hill. Against Detroit's Reese Olsen. and that's sports. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
2: You saw, you seemed a little unsure about that. Really, yeah, well, Justin I didn't Ellick know if I was going to say my name first or the station. I, I, had to, <laughs> <laughs> I had to make. It I think decision. you're supposed to say your name first and then the station. Oh, okay. Thanks. I don't know. Ask Lou. Lou will tell you. Yeah, Lou, What do you know?
6: Uh, I'm going to flip a coin.
2: That <laughs> <after>. <laughs> All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the day. One of the bigger ones yesterday, this protest outside Gracie Mansion over the migrants, our own Curtis lewa leading way in this protest after Mayor Adams had initially invited migrants to shelter at gracie mansion as they're sheltering in every other borough and then apparently back down on that so uh held this demonstration yesterday here's what some of the protesters sounded like who showed up on the upper east side for this rally yesterday
4: we're all for legal migration and we all have come from somewhere at some point uh but this is unacceptable
0: this is not left or right politics this is a crisis that we have in our hands and this is why we're here, to sort of raise awareness that there
3: is a humanitarian crisis. You want to compromise? Move them all the right inside. side.
2: Yeah, you recognize that voice, that, of course, Curtis Lee. Well, things got tense. And we're going to get more details when Curtis comes on with Sid on Sid and Friends in the Morning at 7.05 this morning. He'll lay out all the details. He was arrested for the 81st time as part of this protest at Gracie Mansion yesterday, but there were some fights that broke out, but it wasn't clear if it was fights between two competing sides. There were the, um, I guess, pro-migrant and anti-migrant, for the best way to describe it, and those protesters seemed to be pro- uh, peaceful, but again, Curtis will give us more details. Some fights broke out. There were suggestions that they might be in members of Antifa, but we have no confirmation on that. Uh, you could actually see video of Curtis Lewa breaking up. Uh, one of those fights he was arrested uh he was uh held for a while so much so he actually missed his own radio show <laughs> unusual for him last night he was not able to get out of jail but then showed up here later in the night um so there was this counter demonstration of people who say they welcome the migrants it was smaller than the anti-migrant one
3: we are all immigrants our ancestors everyone comes from immigrant families immigrant backgrounds and uh, and it's immigrants who built this country.
2: So Curtis uh, giving a, a speech during this rally to the crowd who showed up.
3: The next day he flipped the script and he said, they tell me I can't do that. Who told you you can't do it? You're the mayor.
2: He's talking about Curtis, uh, about Mayor Adams uh, saying that he was going to house the migrants, or at least some of them, at uh, Gracie Mansion, and then last minute changing his mind. It was the third time in less than two weeks that Curtis has been handcuffed protesting migrant sites last week. You'll remember he was arrested while protesting outside the Island Shores Senior Residence. That's in Midland Beach out on Staten Island where a migrant shelter has been set up. And then uh, he was also taken into custody outside the Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility in Queens. He was arrested there for blocking traffic. Uh, He's telling the mayor that he wants the migrants, or at least some of them anyway, sent to Rikers.
3: There's plenty of space. There's empty buildings. One way in, one way out. They stay there for six months, they get vetted, they get their medical vaccines, and then they can go and get jobs.
2: Not clear if City Hall will take him up on that idea.
3: He's created this mess. He doesn't want to deal with it. He never did it. He didn't set the example.
2: So several people taken into custody during this protest Uh, marked Curtis's 81st arrest over his lifetime. Again, 7.05 this morning. uh, Sit and friends in the morning, you can hear Curtis Lee won, he'll give you the lowdown on what took place yesterday outside what he called the gathering at Gracie. It was a really violent weekend across the country. We'll start in Jacksonville, where a gunman shot up a Dower general store, apparently looking to kill African-Americans. He first was going to shoot up a historically black university in the neighborhood, uh, ended up shooting up this Dower general, killing three African-Americans. Here's the local sheriff in Jacksonville. He was just
5: completely irrational. What is the rational? What is the rational thoughts? He knew what he was doing. He was 100% lucid.
2: So apparently he had a racist manifestio- manifesto that the sheriff there called the diary of a madman.
5: We are not a community of hate. We stand united with the good and decent people of this city. We reject this inexcusable violence.
2: The sheriff saying that uh, maybe better background checks need to be done after this latest shooting. There was
5: no flag that could have come up to stop him from purchasing purchasing those guns. As a matter of fact, it looks as if he purchased those guns completely legally. It doesn't matter what color they are or what they look like. We are banded together as a community
2: to fight these issues. Yeah, there was a moment of mourning, a candlelight ceremony in Jacksonville last night. The mayor there, Donna Deegan, attended. These
0: mass shootings happen over and over again in Jacksonville. Certainly we have an issue with gun violence. And um, this is a community that has been harmed over and over again. And it's, it's just heartbreaking to see it affect our community once again.
2: Governor Ron DeSantis repeating his condemnation of the shooter who killed those three black shoppers at the Dollar General over the weekend. Uh, he spoke with the president of nearby Edward Walters University about boosting security. Apparently, that's where the gunman really wanted to We're be.
6: We're not going to allow in the state of Florida our HBCUs to be targets for hateful lunatics like the guy yesterday
2: and then out to louisville one person killed six others injured mass shooting downtown louisville early sunday morning
0: lmpd had received a report of multiple gunshot victims at the southern lounge and restaurant behind me at third and market when officers arrived on scene they located a male victim suffering from a gunshot wound who was deceased on scene
2: No word on a motive for that shooting. One
0: victim who initially was believed to have suffered a gunshot wound, it was an injury from a fall. And so the the number at this point would be, there were six
2: victims total. And unfortunately, it didn't stop there. Up to Boston, uh, Mayor Michelle Wu speaking out after a shooting there that injured seven during a parade over the
5: weekend. Treasured community event has been disrupted by acts of violence from those who had nothing to do with the event. And, um... There's no, absolutely no excuse.
2: The shooting happened about 7.45 a.m. This was a Saturday morning during the Juve Parade, which is part of the city's Caribbean American Carnival. Uh, The victims, thankfully, are all being treated for non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, Two people are under arrest, so that's a good thing as well.
5: Today and the the rest of the day is going to be a really wonderful celebration.
2: Yeah, so right now they're looking for a motive into why these two men opened fire. 5.55, let's bring it back home over to Jersey City. An investigation underway after a man was killed in a police-involved shooting in Jersey City. This was about 2.30 yesterday afternoon. The family of this man, Jerome Washington, say he was suffering from a mental health crisis. And they say they called for help, but they wanted help for his mental illness they say police came and they say that made things worse that made Jerome Washington agitated and as they waited for word outside the home they heard gunfire they need
3: to do better when it comes to mental patients they need to be more compassionate and more understanding when they act, when they shoot someone and the family members are standing outside waiting to find out and they sit here for three hours and have to act like crazy fools to put them to finally tell us that they killed our nephew
2: yeah they wanted to know why they weren't told about what what was going on inside the house? And they say if they had known these police officers were to have shown up with guns, they would have told them not to come.
3: I, I don't, I don't understand it because I call crisis unit. We called his sister, called his mom, called. All of us have been calling, trying to get him help.
2: Yeah, the New Jersey Attorney, Attorney General's office says it's investigating this latest shooting. Let's, uh, let's end this hour on a much lighter note. Uh, in Philadelphia yesterday. Hundreds of people in various dress taking part in the 14th annual, who knew this was already the 14th annual, Philly Naked Bike Ride. It's an annual ride that started in 2009, built as promoting cycling and body positivity uh, for people who take off all their clothes and ride. Now, you don't have to be naked to ride, but a lot of people were yesterday. I,
6: I think it's not more just like taking your clothes off. It's just feeling comfortable with your own body and, you know... It's okay. Like I said, it's okay to look at other people's bodies too, and compare <laughs> or not compare, or, or just see how how other people feel comfortable in their own bodies. That's why I really like a
2: bike. I think it would be uncomfortable riding naked on a bike, but there was a lot of people who were part of this. Now, it doesn't go in some remote neighborhood, by the way. This uh, bike ride passes city landmarks. They went by the Philadelphia Museum of Art where that great Rocky statue sits at the top of the stairs. Uh, They went by uh, Tony Rittenhouse Square, uh, the South Street Market um they went through independence hall where the liberty bell is
0: i mean i guess i always assumed new york was a very progressive open-minded city but i can't imagine something like this going down fifth avenue no and by contrast philadelphia has been hosting it for years and the city itself gives it a warm welcome
2: that one was new to me i had not heard about the annual naked bike ride